Discerning Hearts, in cooperation with the Poor Clares of Roswell, New Mexico, present A Time of Renewal, Daily Reflections for the Lenten Season, written by Mother Mary Francis. Friday of the First Week of Lent, Amendment and Penance. It is of great spiritual benefit to avail ourselves of the Sacrament of Reconciliation often during this holy season, and so let us continue our consideration of this great gift ministered to us through our Holy Church. Just as there is no sacramental absolution without contrition and without the actual confession, so the Sacrament of Reconciliation is not valid unless we are determined to do penance and to amend our lives. To whom do we confess? To Almighty God. But we never sincerely confess to God what we have not first confessed to ourselves. The first confession is confessing to myself in true confrontation that I am guilty, I have sinned, I am at fault. If we do not have that first confession in the truth, that cleansing self-confrontation, we will not rightly confess to God. We cannot tell God anything that he does not know, and we cannot rightfully express to God what we have not expressed in truth to ourselves. There is always the danger of the sacrament becoming routine. Yes, we're sorry, and we receive a token penance. We bring our sins and failures, and the priest gives us some little prayer, some little consideration, some suggestion about a little sacrifice to make. A far cry from the public penitents who were not allowed in the church for a time and were given what we would consider towering penances to perform. We are sorry. We do our penance, and then that's it. We can almost forget the purpose of amendment, the lack of which invalidates the sacrament. This was a driving force in the lives of all the saints. The more one is contrite, the more one is driven to tell everyone, I am sorry. The more there is purpose of amendment, the need to do penance, and an understanding of the real heinousness of sin. We could say that the one who perhaps has the least weight of personal sin in the eyes of God is the one who is most driven by an urge to repair. In all my life I had committed only one venial sin. There is need for me to make reparation all my life long because I have offended an infinite God and I can never repair enough. My reparation, my amendment could never reach his infinity. That is why the Father sent his Son, who was the only one who could make adequate satisfaction. He balanced our sin against the infinite with his infinite reparation. Yet, there must be cultivated in us that urge to reparation. When I have acted very badly, hurting a person I love, the other person may say, Oh, it's all forgiven. Let's forget it. There is a sense in which we do forget it, in which we are not bound and constricted by it. We go forward in love, but there is a beautiful, positive sense in which we must never forget it. It is the very opposite of brooding. It is a sense of needing to repair. When I am very much aware that I have hurt, disappointed, caused suffering to the one I love, I am so alert. What can I do? I want to show more love. I am more intent than ever on not disappointing this person again. I want to do this. I am looking around for something to do. This is what is at the heart of reparation. It is a total belief in being forgiven, but the love of Christ urges me. I must do something. So a penance is given, 
and a penance must be done. David was given a penance for his flagrant sins of adultery, murder, treachery, lying, and all the rest. God took the child of his sin. But there was another penance later on. David would not be allowed to build the temple. God had forgiven David absolutely, and David knew it, and he made this clear in the Miserere. But God gave him a penance to be carried out, as if to say, Yes, I will forgive you, but you will not build my temple. Your son will do this. This brings us to the church's teaching of the temporal punishment due to sin, which is not understood in our era. Similarly, there is a whole aberration of the very understanding of education in our times. We must never punish the child, never. So we raise up a whole generation of undisciplined, weak persons who have never had the advantage of being punished. Punishment is not an inward, but it remains an inward with God. In the early chronicles of Franciscan history, we are told that the friars ran to Francis to be corrected. They couldn't get there fast enough. They ran to be corrected and to be punished. They humbly begged for the gift of a penance. They had that purpose of amendment, that need to make reparation. It seems to me that temporal punishment due to sin is what we feel in our hearts when we have offended someone we love. It is not a brooding thing, not a constricting thing. Just the opposite, it is a liberating thing. It takes us out of ourselves. And so it is a wonderful thing. It is a prayerful speculation to say that after Peter's denial, he came to Our Lady for consolation. He knew he was forgiven. He was forgiven on a grand scale. He was made the first pope, the rock on which the church was built. But surely he bore in his heart always that temporal punishment due to his sin. We can picture Our Lady saying, What is the matter? when he came weeping, and Peter saying, I heard a rooster crow. It was always there, and it drove him on and on to such a climax that he not only wanted to suffer for the love of Christ, but at the end of his life he said, I am not even fit to die in the same position in which he died. The purpose of amendment had driven Peter so far that he went beyond saying, Oh, if I could die just as he did, if I could be crucified. But he said, No, I don't deserve to die the same way he died. Would you please crucify me upside down? This is certainly the triumph of bearing the temporal punishment due to sin. I want to make amends. The fact that I can never balance things out with an infant God whom I have offended drives me all the more. Sometimes we are not best driven by impossibility, that urgency to love God with all our hearts. I am determined I will never offend him again, and yet I know I will. This urgency to do the impossible is at the heart of sanctity. A purpose of amendment is urgent. I've got to make this right. I've got to balance this out. We read in the scriptures that Christ bore the weight of our sins. The purpose of amendment makes us so eager to take on ourselves a little bit of the weight of the sins of all men from the beginning of time, to fill up in ourselves what has been left to us of the sufferings of Christ. The test of the real penitent, who wishes to do penance and has a firm purpose of amendment, is obvious. This person is on the watch, tender, sensitive, and alert. This person is far from being hard and grim. One is sensitized to the need of the person one has offended. 
one sees things one would not have seen before, things to do, love to show. We will want to live in this high ambition to ease the hurt of our beloved. You've been listening to A Time of Renewal, Daily Reflections for the Lenten Season, written by Mother Mary Francis. This is a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Poor Clares of Roswell, New Mexico. For more episodes in this series, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it in our free Discerning Hearts app or on many streaming platforms. Discerning Hearts is a 501c3 nonprofit Catholic apostolate dedicated to evangelization and spiritual formation through the use of new media. To learn how you can support our mission, visit discerninghearts.com.